Genre. Thursday and welcome to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we review, analyze, celebrate, and talk about the movie Back to the Future Part 3, one uh, train touching cars butt minute at a time. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. <laughs> I'm Scott Carelli. <laughs> We're all 12 years old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> joining us again is Zach Luna. Welcome back. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and uh, happy to have you back. And today yeah. we are going back to Minute 94, which uh, starts with the train <laughs> taking off and ends with it uh, touching, almost touching the DeLorean in the butt. Yep. Well, no, Mar- Marty, Marty pulls... Take some, some stuff, stuff out of the DeLorean. Yeah, some cables out of the DeLorean. It's the return yeah. of the DeLorean, guys. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. It's true. That's worth it. She, she yeah. gets a real uh, hero shot in this, <clears throat> in this minute. Well, um, her, her butt does. Yeah. Her butt does. Yeah. She gets like a Scarlet, like a, like a Black Widow shot. Yeah, this is yeah. the poster of the, of, you know, the, yeah, the you know, that, how, you know, like how the female <laughs> character always has to be like, I've got a butt. Yep, turned inside. Yeah. There it is. Check it out. My butt. You can see the Mister Fusion right there on the top of my butt. Imagine if a male character. <laughs> imagine if a male character. Wait, are you are you are are you <laughs> suggesting that the Mister Fusion is a tramp stamp? <laughs> yeah, totally. But I don't like what you're implying one. about the DeLorean. No, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't. I'm not saying it's a tramp. The, the DeLorean and this train have a very meaningful relationship. Okay, the DeLorean's right, a right. classic lady. I don't, I don't mean to make easy, silly jokes. I'm sorry. Uh, but <laughs> we got to respect um, the material here. Uh, so is the this DeLorean. the sparsest minute in the entire trilogy? <laughs> I don't know. You get a really, really pretty amazing shot of Doc Brown gleefully blowing the whistle of a train and going like, oh, I wanted to do that my whole life. And Marty yeah. kind of like, okay, <laughs> yeah, huh, cool, all right, cool. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah, you goofy old Gus. You know what I mean? Just yeah. Like, well, I, you're right. We do get that. Hmm. And and I do want to talk about that. But like that's 30 seconds in and it's like the only thing that happens. <laughs> that happens. The rest is a very slow train um, slowly coming away from a stop and coming back to a stop. Like the engineers could have just lightly jogged after the train and gotten it back from <laughs> them. Am I crazy or about 52, 53 seconds in? That looks like the Beetlejuice house. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Let me find it. It is It is a a house, certainly. I think it's a bit too small to be the Beetlejuice it, house. It, it yeah. is smaller than the Beetlejuice house. Yeah. The well, that's their, that's their campsite, guys. That's where they were. Oh, okay. Oh, that's their little, you can see their, their campfire there right. with the fire is out. It's still smoking. Oh. It's still smoking from this morning. Wow, unsafe practices, guys. Uh, yeah. yeah, what the heck, Marty? Smokey, I mean, Marty's, Marty, you know, Marty grew up in the 80s. Yeah. He knows who Smokey the Bandit is. Yeah, he saw that crying Native American Smokey the guy. Bandit? Yeah, yeah, that's Smokey true. The Smokey, the <laughs> Smokey the Bandit. Smokey the Bandit. Smokey the Bear. <laughs> Smokey it's because you've been on that Bandit riff all week. 
just being like you don't want to ca- get caught burn the forest down <laughs> burn it that's what i do what i need to run they'll be so burn. distracted by the trees on fire they won't ever catch you oh god i also love the idea of like you're trying to get back to uh, the future you know you're mucking around in the past and you're gonna sure. like leave an unattended fire that might like destroy a town or like yeah. wipe an inter- yeah, your, uh, somewhere off the map like come on this is like time traveler one on one stuff. Put out your fires. Leave only footprints. Take only pictures. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's a train moving slowly. I that I mean I, I don't know why it does the 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 house thing. Like it didn't seem like that crazy of a leap to think it was the Beetlejuice house in structure. I don't know why that is. There's something about like the the approach to it, the way it's situated on the on the hill. I don't mm-hmm. even know. But like my brain is like, yeah, that looks Tim Burtony. Okay, and then like a yeah. second later, when I it like, really think it, it looks. Through. It, to me, it looks more like something out of Sleepy Hollow. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That it's, uh, it's a little more, go- I mean, not, have, it, a little more either, gothic, a little less uh, New England. Uh, have either of you seen? It's like, uh, it's literally the polar opposite of New England. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They're in California. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what were you going to say? What were you going to say? Either one of us, what? Did what do we guys, say? Uh, did either of you guys... Go see uh, Mrs. Mrs. Persephone's Heck yeah, the I did. delightful, delightful. Oh, lights. dude, I had fun with that. I mean, it falls it apart good? at the end. Okay. It's definitely worth watching. It's it's the most functional Tim Burton has felt in a while for me. And in terms of like the, I think the first like five sixth of that movie, I am so on board with. It's like if somebody's like, "Yo, Tim Burton, you want to make like your version of the X Men?" He's like, "Yeah, sure. I'm like, can I? They they all live in like a weird and they're in a time loop and they're like, yeah, go crazy. Like, why not have mm, Eva Green yeah. like just be awesome in it? I'm like, yeah, yeah. totally. Um, it's fun. I'm a but, Tim. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna watch that at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing about like the weird crit, like the like the weird social politics that are sure. happening in there that movie. Are some, yeah. Yeah, there is the optics aren't great on yeah. a lot of aspects of that. Film, I'm a Burton. But, I'm a Burton completionist, so like I have, sure I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch it. I just it's about oh totally me life. too. Man. Yeah. I have Dark yeah. Shadows on DVD. Like I get it. I, I see. Oh my god, I really like Dark Shadows. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. oh, it's t- it's terrible, it's but really man, bad, is it fun? It's so it has fun. a great Eva Green performance. <clears throat> Eva oh, Green. Yeah. It's the first. It's the amazing. first one. Ugh. It's the first movie because, like, I saw Casino Royale. She's great in Casino Royale. Yeah, but it's the sort of Eva Green performance that doesn't really bring a lot of attention to itself. Yeah, yeah she's not really yeah. Eva yeah. Green in that one. No. Right. right. So it wasn't until Dark Shadows that I was like, "Whoa." Yeah. 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 And then, Dude, and girl then, shows up to work. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. right after that, she did uh, Penny, Dreadful, Penny Dreadful, which is like the most amazing performance ever. So great. But, so, so great. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 uh, Dark Shadows, like I went and saw like during the week when no one else was in the theater and I just sat <laughs> in the back and live tweeted the movie. And it was the funnest <laughs> thing I've ever, I've ever done. <laughs> I it had came, so much fun live tweeting that uh, stupid movie. It came uh, out the week after the Avengers. You guys, oh why was God. she a werewolf? Well, oh, I was so just stupid. about to say. Oh, out it's of so nowhere. So stupid. I it's love it so, so much. Dumb and so wonderful. dumb. And like the weird um, sequel, the, the like the sequel set up at the last scene that's like never gonna happen. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
So oh fun. man. Um, uh, well, uh, oh, so, green. no, never mind. I was about to say something, but I think it would just hurt all of our souls too much. Uh, oh, okay. yeah. Wow. So I think I'll just save it, but ma- maybe if I introduce it that way, then people will want to know what it is. So they'll feel I'm depriving them if I don't say it. Well, don't say uh, it. Yeah, I think that's like, going to happen. I think like you've done it. I'm going to say it real quick. Okay. Eva Green, great. First time we all saw her, Casino Royale. Totally, right? Oh, my God. Casino Royale. Like, who is that woman? No. For, first time I ever saw her, I was working in an art theater in Ooh. the early 2000s. Oh, so you saw that, like, Dreamers movie or whatever? What yeah. Oh, that was the boy. first time I ever saw her. Okay. You fair. saw that by yourself, uh, too, didn't you? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I just saw it. I saw it in bits and pieces. Yeah, like, while you were doing checking theater checks. on the screen. Yeah. 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 Right. And, and I I saw most of it. I didn't yeah. see all of it. And every time I walked in, I was like Whoa. doing all I could to like stop rolling my eyes. Cause <laughs> I actually, I actually really hate movies like that that are sure. just like, Ooh, sex. It's so artful. And I'm like, right. oh, gross. No. oh my God. Stop yeah. it. Well, I guess <laughs> what I was aiming at was like casino. Royale I've got a, was when most I've got a grudge it. against NC 17 movies. You of guys, course, I really yeah. do. <laughs> worth worth um, it. Uh, you and anyway. the, you, you First, and the, you and the board of, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I should say, I don't have a, I don't have a grudge against like movies that get rated that it's just that the movies that get rated that I generally don't, I usually have a problem with. Sure. Uh, it's like, I'm like, it's, it's, it's like, risque and that's why it's, I get did that. You I get ever, that did you ever yeah, see yeah. killer Joe? No. Yeah. Oh, you don't, you weren't crazy I, about it. I, I did. Uh, no, I, I don't like it. It it feels like a play that they, they forced into a movie. I don't, that's literally I don't what it is. Yeah. I know. Oh, I know. And I can feel sense. it. Yeah. Every time they left the trailer, uh, the trailer, I was like, mm, Nope, this is not a scene that's supposed to take place out of the trailer. Mm-hmm. Oh man. That's one of my pet peeves about like, not just adaptations in general, but like in, in terms of like your goal when you're making your piece of art is to play to the strengths of the media. And I, I like, I can't stand like a, a, a film that doesn't want to be cinematic or a thing that, that has hit me before I was in London. And I saw this like play at, you know, um, Oh God, I've already forgotten the name of the theater. Oh God, it's been a while since I've been there, but it's, it's a, it's a theater that's known for like the new cool plays are like, this is where, you know, they, they set up, you know, this is where they, they play there. And there was a play there that was like, this gritty war thing about like contemporary, like conflict in Afghanistan. And they were, they were trying to be super, super, super realistic and gritty and dark and whatnot. And it was us like in the attic of the, like the, like the smaller venue at this, at this theater. So the smallest stage they had, you're really crammed in with the actors. There's like dust all over the ground and they built part of like a, a place that got broken apart and the actors are in there and the whole play is about like, are they going to shoot this guy in the head or not? You know, like they caught like a guy that they think is a spy uh, and it's like, we're in Afghanistan and are we going to shoot this guy in the head or not? And it's like, it, it wanted so badly to be like a really intense movie. It want it, it was, you could tell, you know, I, I know like I checked the guy's name. He'd been like a screenwriter and had like had done a few uh. things before that. And then he was, this was his play. And I was sitting there like, you can't, ignore the audience being there in, in like the framing of your play but also we know you're not going to shoot him in the head because i'm standing right here and you're there with a gun and you're not going to shoot him right. in the head because right. you couldn't like in a film right. you could you know put in the effect there or like put you know do right. a squib or whatever like that but i know you're not going to blow this man's brains out all over my lap in this theater right so right. Uh, it just was so frustrating i was like 
do you, there's so many things you can do in theater that you can't do in a film or that you can't do in a book that like, why would you not build your thing to play to those strengths? Oh, it just, I don't know. It like gave me a real, I like, I had a very intense discussion in class the next day when we mm-hmm. had like a round table, like, Oh, what'd you guys and think I had, that? I you had know? no idea that uh, killer Joe was a play, but yeah. like I was watching it and I was like, this is supposed to be a, pl- a one set play one set, set in a play. trailer in a trailer yeah. home, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I looked it up and it was like, it's a one set play just set in a trailer home. I was like, uh, yep. Yep. There it is. There yeah. it is right so, there. So what were you going to say about Eva Green? Oh, Eva Green. So we first all saw her in Casino Royale for the most part. Like that was when mm-hmm. most people became aware of her. That's when she became Eva Green. Eva Green. Yeah. She yeah. was 26 when they made that movie. Right. 26. Damn. Oh, oh, you're you're saying like you want us to feel bad because she was like, no, no I don't so want you to feel bad. I just mean like when I think about that, it hurts me in my soul. <laughs> like, you know, the fact that like like Joss Whedon wrote like the first Buffy script when he was 26. Like, yeah, that, you know, that hurts me. But like, that's yeah. the, all I can think of with Eva Green now. Like every time I see her and I go, oh, my God, I love Eva Green. And then I was like, 26. Every time I see her in uh, in like like in Penny Dreadful, like mm-hmm. I don't mean this as like no. an ageist thing, but like she no. looks like she feels like she's like forty eight. Yeah, she feels like, like she she's feels- always been around, and she's always been this like uh, I don't know this like otherworldly vampire person. Where you're like, yeah, that person's like yeah. sixty, but they look great or something. I don't even know. Yeah. Like Tilda yeah. Swinton. Yeah. Like Tilda Swinton. Right. Yes, yes, right. exactly. And then right. to, to be like, you were, you were in your mid twenties when you made Casino Royale. What am I, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. What am I doing? Uh, um, uh, speaking, speaking of, that, of uh, speaking of existential questions of sure, what totally. are we doing? Yeah. What? Um, <laughs> in this, this minute, is back to the future podcast, this um, slow ramp up and down minute. Uh, so the, train. the, the bit where, the, where, where doc plays with the train. Yeah. I gotta be honest, like as much as it's adorable that he's doing it. Yes. He's like, and he's wearing the engineer cap. One, he stole the cap from the guy. Like, isn't that just <laughs> insult to injury? Right. And I number mean- two, <laughs> like, it, it's such a weird scene. The like, like, uh, like the way that it feels because I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, so these guys are our heroes. We want them to succeed. Yeah. But they literally stole a train. Yeah. Yeah. At gunpoint. Yeah. And now they're getting away and they're just like playfully playing with the <laughs> with the train horn. And I just I it's so weird. It's yeah. so weird. It's right. I mean, they these are it's kind of the they they're very much in the vein of the Fast and the Furious boys. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. They're yeah. just yeah. on. They're just riding that line between, you know, being. Good <laughs> I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say they're just riding and dying. <laughs> just riding and dying and riding and dying. Are they not riding and dying though? Because like the idea here, right, is we got to steal this train because the the stakes here. What's at stake is whether or not we can even live our lives properly again in our own time period. You know, like their literal life. Is at stake. Like they won't die if the train doesn't go to where. But like, all my family, my friends, and the life I live, their life's gonna seriously blow. Yeah, seriously blow. And that like the life you. No, they they will. They will die. Yeah. Oh, because it'll go over the thing. Yeah. It'll go off the cliff. Oh. 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 Yeah. Their life will seriously blow for like thirty seconds. Right. Yeah. Right. This is definitely a ride or die situation. Yeah. If there ever yeah. was one. Right. Yeah. So let's take some time to toot toot on the choo choo. 
just on our way there. That's my favorite. Fun. That's my favorite quote from Fast and Furious that's, 6. I'm writing, I'm writing down toot toot on the choo choo for an episode title. That's fair. Oh, the ride or die toot toot. Uh, yeah. Oh, guys. Uh, this, this is a weird um, minute. This is a weird what were minute. you going to say about writing the line? Uh, yeah, what ri- Nick, line between, are they writing? B- between rowdy yeah. boys and like outlaws, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're they're just they're just on the cusp. I mean, uh, it's it's fun. Obviously, it's like yeah. you know, it's a nice. I mean, if, like, if America can unanimously moment. fall in love with characters like the Suicide Squad, you know, then I don't see why, <laughs> why they should. I mean, Why we, we should really... hold them to such a high standard? Yeah, I mean, you remember last summer? I mean, America was head over heels for all those guys. <laughs> they, they were Tomahawk and all those I knew lunchboxes. that was going to be the very first one that you <laughs> referenced. I've got Slipknot backpacks, man. You don't even. Yeah, know. Everyone uh, does. yeah, everyone does. Like that's... overdrive. Uh, years Whoa. from now, people will be sharing. Yeah, goo penis. Yeah, it'll be one of those things like you haven't seen Suicide Squad, bro. I know what we're watching right now. Like, yeah, this is important part of your, <laughs> you know. But we, what's really sad? What what's really what makes me sad? Like mm-hmm. both for the lives of these people and and for <laughs> and 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 for and I feel bad that we're like kind of like bagging you know making it. fun of sure. them like yeah. bagging on them a little. Yeah. Is that. There is that conversation that you just enacted has literally happened before. <laughs> no. Oh, sure. please. You no. know that it has. You uh, know yeah, that it yeah. has. Uh, uh, fair. Yeah. 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 And, it, and it bums me out that we're ribbing on them because I'm we don't sorry, like guys. that stupid movie. I'm sorry. But I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> I, forgot, hey, I forgot about how many views there are on that purple Lamborghini music video. So I, <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I, I and I do I know legitimately I do try not to be on a value judgment side of mm-hmm. you know movie appreciation as much as I can right. because any movie has lessons to teach you and and is a is a gift you know yeah. a, like a a film is such a hard thing to create and such a a weird magical you know piece of culture that mm-hmm. I I I try to get the best out of everyone that I come into contact with it's just sometimes you mm-hmm. run into one that is just so amazing in the scope of decision making that it mm-hmm. causes you to laugh perhaps in a way that is a little bit too mean spirited at times so, right I, yeah, so i'm sorry i'm sorry suicide squad is one of those for me and i'll try to be better, better about that <laughs> but bro my slip that lunchbox uh but even that even that <laughs> joke like obviously like the the core of that i think that one i think even suicide squad fans would laugh at slip okay fair because... but but i mean like the core of that the joke, guy literally course, shows so, up just to get his head he blown shows up off, to get I his mean, head blown off he has no introduction there's like there's no actual interaction there stakes yada 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 but also yeah. also that is the first time that we've had a you know uh native american superhero on screen or not superhero but you know person <laughs> like a, a main character yeah yeah main character in <laughs> oh, a god main character in a like super like big big budget property like that like action superhero uh, I genre movie i don't i don't know like, if i'm quite ready to give that to suicide squad i'm not gonna give that to, <laughs> like, like I, we don't need to be giving like stuff to, no, they won fine. an oscar for makeup okay like suicide squad they has did. they did on its own has more academy awards than any like uh marvel movie so like already i don't like need to give them like more pats on the back for uh, doing okay is that true it is i don't true. think that's true it's true look it up 
Look it up. Mar- Marvel has never won like Marvel's a sound never won, editing like, a sound editing or... Oscar. No. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, you know what you know what blew my mind away is yeah. Fantastic Beasts winning an Oscar was the first Oscar win for any of the Potter? Harry Potter, JK Rowling movies. That's what did crazy. it win for? Costumes? Best I think it was best costume design. Costumes. Oh, okay, wow. good. Yeah, that's it deserved that. Yeah, that's that, those were that's amazing. Fair. Yeah. I'm I would have thought they would have picked up like iTunes. a VFX one or something. Speaking some of point. speaking of costumes, yeah. um Zach, I know that you're a big uh costumes guy. So Yeah, I am. What uh, if oh, so we talked about props earlier this week? Yeah, yeah. If there is one costume yes. or or maybe one piece of a costume or anything that you would want uh-huh. in this trilogy, what would it be? I think it's uh the jacket, Marty McFly's jacket, not the not the vest that everybody makes fun of, but the jacket underneath it, the like denim where like the inside uh like the, the 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 lining of it is like a pattern. He rolls up the sleeves or whatever. That that type yeah. of shirt is impossible to find, and it is like mm-hmm. key to everybody's Marty McFly costumes. And like like mm-hmm. to have like that one, I, I I think it's tough to make a character that has like a recognizable silhouette immediately, and that's the thing you're always gunning for on a designer standpoint. And mm-hmm. I'm much more usually interested in specialty costume designing. Like I work at. Um, on and off throughout the year, sometimes I work at a costume shop here in Los Angeles where we build specialty costuming, which is usually armor and superhero suits, like hard, weird costume stuff. But I don't get a chance to interact very much with like traditional soft fabric costumes. And so like oh. for me, something like that impossible to find shirt uh, is like a piece of iconography that I really like. It, obviously, the vest Ooh. is what everybody thinks of, but that shirt is just there's something so of the time and so 80s and so cool about it. I love it. Um, that or the you know his uh, Darth Vader hazmat suit. I, I would love that. Like, oh that would, yeah, that'd, yeah, that's that would be a cool lot too. Of fun. Yeah, that's a good know. one. Do what you about have you, Nick? a favorite? Yeah, yeah. What about you, Nick? I think, hmm, yeah, probably something like what Zach said. Like probably one of Marty's shirts from Part One. Yeah, uh, I think I think his Part One look is probably the best. Hmm. Um, the most referenced, yeah. the most referenced, yeah, and like something, something subtle, like you said. I've always been a really big fan of his jeans. I know it sounds kind of weird, but um, yeah, I was just like, man, those look like such they, people in the eighties. They're hip. Just, yeah, they just had just cozy, just butt hugging jeans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the butt hugging the pants. They just made you look good. They made you look real good. True. Yeah. Everyone looked really them. good in the eighties. <laughs> everyone without without question yeah every <laughs> single person looked great in the 80s yeah i don't know all the time shoulder pads for them oh wow. yeah on board on board all the way the hair 100 there um scott have you talked about costumes before on 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 this podcast like what would you uh, yeah, yeah i i think i think Just if i could have any yeah <laughs> if i <laughs> if i could have any one thing uh-huh. uh in in the trilogy it would be doc's robe from the <gasps> 1950s oh that's talked about good this before oh that's yeah. cool yeah yeah when he yeah. throws up in the door with the thing on his head and he's got a uh-huh. robe on yeah. yeah oh yeah that's great no it's a, it's yeah this is the thing i think about it's the same as with when people talk about uh props that they love or like a a, a weapon or something from you know like uh that if if we connect deeply enough emotionally uh like where the move the soul of the movie feels like an old friend the objects in the movie, they're the, oh God, I already, already forgotten the, the part of speech I'm looking for. Um, they, they stand in, obviously, that like 
an object that could have been, you know, that some prop person like spent were rushed making and were pissed off while they were doing it. And they had like a million things they had to get through becomes uh, a cultural artifact becomes something interesting. And that that's one of the things I love about certain movies that, that really hits you. Obviously for me, Spider-Man's a movie like that. Obviously back to the future mm-hmm. is one, you know, or like aliens, something like that. You, if you, even if you're talking to like really diehard, like movie fans who like collect these, this like, ephemera off of movies you'll often find like the same five or six movies are really well represented in their um collections and part of that is the overall cohesiveness of the design work like obviously the first alien movie like all the the hr giger stuff in there is so specific and so you know uh idiosyncratic that it just hits you in your in your gut and you like i've never seen anything like that i love that but sometimes it's you know just an object that you care about like Indiana Jones's whip or something that takes on this like mythical importance because of the story. And that's what I love about it, you know? And so like, it could be almost anything from this movie. And I think there'd be somebody who would treasure it, you know, the, the can that they throw into the Mr. Fusion, you know, at some point in the movie, or like the, the dress that uh, Lorraine wears to the, the homecoming dance or like how I was going on about the, the lock on the, on the car um, trunk a couple days ago. Like, Mm-hmm. the movie is what made it beautiful. So almost anything in it would work for me. I mean, I don't know if I would care so much about these like weird parcel bundle log things that Marty's pulling out of the uh, DeLorean in this minute, but there's somebody who mm-hmm. would because like it stands in for your love of the film. And that's something about collecting and costuming and prop building that I, I always get hung up on that. Like the work you do to make it is separate from whether or not it'll be meaningful. So you have to do the work as good as you can anyway. And mm-hmm. then if you're lucky, the movie connects and then it takes on its own life. Um, you know what you yeah. reminded me of, Zach? Hmm. It's a scene in a little movie called Star Trek First Contact. Where, <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, traveling through his past, uh, Captain Jean-Luc Picard, played by Patrick Stewart, places his yes. hand upon the uh, space shuttle that will eventually be piloted by Zephram Cockrum. And, oh, wow. Uh, and, and upon seeing this, uh, Mr. Data, played by Brent Spiner, uh, uh-huh. is like, hey, why are you doing that, yo? And uh, That sounds about right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and <laughs> well, Captain... he did have his emotion emotion chip by this point. Yes, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. And so he was like, oh, well, Data, you know, <laughs> I, I must have I must have seen this in a thousand photographs and a thousand textbooks growing up, but, you know, to, to, uh-huh. to, to touch it. It becomes more real, you know, and then data touches yeah. it. And then Dr. Troy comes in. She goes, do you two need a moment? She's like, shut up, <laughs> shut up, <laughs> shut up. Yeah. Uh, it's like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like that. That, then, yeah, that museum yeah, impulse to hold, you know? to hold something yeah, that, and to touch it makes it, makes it more. And for it to be something in a fantasy, like a movie, that's gotta be yeah. really compelling mm-hmm. to like make that real. Or to be holding it's, something it's wild. Yeah. And like, I, um, I've, I've talked earlier earlier this week about how I very, very briefly worked for Universal Studios uh, mm-hmm. at one point. And so I got to take like the on foot behind the scenes tour of everything because I had to be able to tell tourists like, oh, you know, this is where we shot uh, a creature from the Black Lagoon or whatever. Uh, yeah. But, and part of that was, you know, for me, like big Back to the Future stuff, because like, you know, I got to like go like walk up the steps of the yeah. courthouse and like and peek behind this is and where we keep obviously Crispin Glover. Yeah, they they have they have a facade in front of it, uh, so like it doesn't look like the courthouse anymore these days. But um, the mm-hmm. doors, if you open them up, the 
the original Back to the Future columns of the courthouse are still there. And they don't normally mm. let you see that, but they got we got to poke our heads in and I, like I touched the column and I was like, oh, that's its own thing. But for me, the day that really hit me wasn't when we looked at all the big fancy sets and talked about, oh, this was shot on this soundstage. And oh, wouldn't you know, like we the voices over here, the thing that really got me was they let us go take a tour through the prop archive. Um, most of the big studios have a like it's like a big library, basically, where everything mm-hmm. has a barcode. And because you're making so many movies there's bound to be some other movie that needs a similar prop. So for the most part, they don't throw things away anymore. They catalog them and give them a barcode and put them in a big system so that if there's another movie set in old West, we don't have to like buy new old West stuff from all the prop houses in town. We can just go to our library and grab those props. And up there they had the cane. Uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Hammonds came from Jurassic park. They had it up there. Like they had a little display area, which is like these props we don't rent out anymore, but remember how cool we are. And so, and, and there I, I like everybody else was running around like, look at the severed head. Like, Oh my God, look at this like big werewolf costume over here. But I just sat there staring at this, you know, plastic resin cane or whatever for what must've been like six or seven minutes before they told us we had to go because it it, it was that same feeling when you go to a museum and you have to think for a second, like, oh, this thing behind the glass was used by a person in in, in a point in history that I've been fascinated by. Like that, yeah. that same feeling. I stood at that cane and it was like the closest I felt to Jurassic Park. You know, it, it was the closest yeah. I felt to a world where dinosaurs were alive. And like for that little mm. like paleontologist kid in my, you know, the recesses of my brain that was the the greatest thing in the world. And it was, it's just a, it's a piece of plastic, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, they, they put a crane fly in some resin and then they, they turn up a handle because like, you know, you make them as well as you can, but you make them fast, but it still was, was amazing. It still was beautiful. And that's like, that's people with this DeLorean. That's their, their moment for, for me, it was looking at that cane. Um, I don't know. Oh, I just, man. I love that stuff. I love movies. I, I wish I, don't, I know it's not like feasible. I, I wonder if there's like some ultimate like like Universal Studios pass you can buy where they'll let you like browse through there. But I, I wish everybody could see those things or like from whatever, whatever movie you care about to that mm-hmm. level. I wish people could have that experience because yeah. it's like oh, the it's lob beautiful. like the lobster suit in my best friend's wedding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That like if you could like, you know. Is that the one item you would want from that movie? Nick? Yeah, that's kind of like my pie in the sky. That's like my... <laughs> which is worth it, which is great. Yeah. Uh... Also, too, that like they could have shot this movie at Universal, obviously, because they still have, you know. Yeah. They they still have like uh, Six Points, Texas and uh, Denver Street, which are their like Old mm-hmm. West type uh, areas like that they still mm-hmm. have in the back lot just ready to go. But I love that like they decided, no, go on location for back to the future three and we'll build a town like yeah. in 360 degrees all the way around. Let's just build. Well, it. yeah, because, yeah. because it would be easier. I, I would assume it would uh. be easier to build a town. Yeah. That would slightly resemble the layout of Hill Valley. Yeah. Versus tearing down an existing set to look like it's being built. Oh, <laughs> sure, sure. You know? Yeah. But like they could have they could have built like what are the the key pieces, you know, of the like the town square that make it look like the town square. If you already have access to an old west town with six mm-hmm. different streets that you can film on, that used to be simultaneously because it'd be like um 
you would shoot uh, silent silent movies there. So you could have six movies being shot at the same time because it didn't matter if the sound bled over. But like if you already have that big of a playground for Old West stuff, you could just build the key pieces of scenery like, oh, in construction clock tower, in construction, whatever there and dress it that way. Like that, mm-hmm. and that would have been a totally serviceable spot. They would have done that for so many other things. It's even one step further to say, no, let's build the whole thing, the whole thing, just mm-hmm. for this movie. And I, I love that. It's that same old like you know Lord of the Rings part of my brain that is just like I can't believe they built Edoras on top of a on top of a, a bluff in the middle of a valley somewhere in New Zealand where they just built they built this big hall for the horses to sit. Like I, I love that feeling of. Let's go make a world. Um, yeah. You know, like like that weird house we were talking about for a second. We couldn't tell if it was from Beetlejuice or whatever. Like they, they, they went and built it out there. And I love that. I I just I, it, I mean, as well, much as these, they, yeah. they might not have built that. They might have built that, but the, the, they, they might they have the just Hill went Valley fa- they, Yeah, they might have just found that and been like, "Oh, this is a good well, place to have yeah, the we'll camp dress it. Site. We'll dress it or whatever. Yeah. But that the, that the key, the key like set pieces in the old West in this town they just built for scratch in a new location. I love because a lot of these movies isn't just about the time traveling and the fun around, but a lot of it I think is just like a love of filmmaking, you know, like the fun mm-hmm. of filmmaking. Like you make a time travel movie so you can go make movies in a different time period. Like, well, we, oh, let's make a 1950s movie. Let's, you know, make a futuristic movie. Let's make an old West movie that you, the, the love of like making that new world from scratch and like, like referencing back to it and seeing those, connections like that's part of why the movie is fun isn't just the movie but movie making is fun yeah yeah i don't know and here we thought this was going to be a throwaway minute i know (laughs) you guys i still can't believe we're doing the same thing on spider-man minute right now yeah it's oh that's so good that's (laughs) that's that's so weird um i love it uh, check it out oh, if you man. want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we will, uh, we'll be back tomorrow uh, to wrap up the week with minute mm-hmm. 95. Uh-huh. In the meantime, why don't you go check out movies by minutes.com because uh, we don't just make these a dueling genre. Uh, mm. Lots of people make these uh, movies by minutes podcasts. Absolutely. There's a good chance that your favorite movie is being done in this format. If you're not already listening to it. Um, and, uh, if it's not, then maybe you should think about doing it yourself. And nice. if you're like me and the answer to both of those questions is cloud Atlas, the answer is <laughs> I'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> Bye.